Okay. This is the one that, I, that could easily consume a couple of hours for me, but it's the pain test post about the mm -hmm. at Startup 101. And, yeah. and you identify a phrase, right, EdTech reporting sucks, as the pain test, mm -hmm. but then you also sort of candidly admit that that's not really a pain point for most people. No, I mean, and I think that this is, you know, this, the, the exercise of writing out these things um, for this Ed Startup 101 class has been really interesting for me. I mean, I, it's sort of, it's one of those examples where it's a good reminder that hack education is very much sort of, it is my personal blog. It is a place where I work out my own ideas and I, um, that I do a lot of sort of reflective and reflexive writing there that isn't necessarily, well, not necessarily ed tech reporting. Um, but I, I do think about this a lot. I mean, I feel like hack education, it's, it's, I want it to be a site that I'd want, that I would want to read. I want to be able to offer, um, you know, smart analysis and insight and think deeply about what I think is a very important subject. But I don't know if, I don't think that that's, um, I don't think, I don't know if there's sort of a, this huge, um, unserved market of people who, who, you know, who shake their fist, um, at some of the other, uh, technology and education publications that are out there right now. I, I want to argue against the whole idea that the pain point needs to be a monetizable pain point. So I'm, uh, yeah. uh, uh, well, tell me if I'm going the right direction for you. No, I, I think, I mean, I, and I would actually even take it one step farther back, which is thinking about, um, and actually Stephen Downs responded to this piece on, on his site today saying, you know, do we even need to be thinking about, do we even need to be thinking about sort of pain in this way? I mean, after all, many innovations are things that people didn't realize that they wanted, right? I mean, people didn't, you didn't realize until the iPod came along that that you needed a digital portable music device. You didn't realize until the you know the iPhone came along that this was something that was you know that that you were lacking. And so if you think about if you just think about things in terms of pain and then entrepreneurialism sort of addressing pain, it's not necessarily innovative or it's not necessarily sort of um, it's, a it's a very sort of almost defensive, um, certainly sort of band-aid, I mean, in a lot of ways sort of band-aid solutions. It doesn't actually get to you know, the roots of, uh, to the root of the problem, and it doesn't necessarily sort of side, you know, sort of move the conversation to the side and then sort of go around um, sort of what would be typically seen as sort of challenges and obstacles and frustrations. And that's, I mean, I fully agree with you about this question of monetize, you know, this question of monetizing around pain is, um, yeah, that's something we're supposed to address in next week's, next week. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I, I you know, I, I really, I spend a lot of time thinking about it because I look at other technology and education technology publications, particularly ones that are, op, you know, that have optimized what they do for money. And that's definitely, the, you know, I think that I think that that's part of the problem that we're at right now is the way in which the monetization tends to dictate the solution. I want to make solutions two arguments against quotes. it. Yeah, solutions. Uh -huh. I want to make two arguments against it. 
one of which is uh, if you look at something like the civil rights movement, right? That that that's true sort of human pain that often mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the financial. And I mean, you, you don't right. need to look for a revenue source to say, okay, the change needs to happen. And and so the pain for me wouldn't be that ed tech reporting sucks. The pain is that there is a disenfranchisement of true value for people because of corporate interests. Yeah. So I, so the, my first mm-hmm. sort of pushback is, okay, so the, the pain is real, but it's not a pain, you know, this idea of monetizing it, like you said, as an entrepreneurial opportunity doesn't make any sense if the pain is a real human right. pain. The second is our food analogy. Okay, so bear with me for a second here. So we went to a Thai restaurant the other night. It was this lovely little tiny Thai place. And I thought, oh, this is really interesting. There's a commitment to a certain kind of food. They start cooking and they build up a clientele and customers. And then they're in a relationship with those customers based on doing something that they love and are providing for them, which is very different than sort of like a national chain of food stores that go in and right. might identify pain as a way of almost sort of manipulating um, community response and using mm-hmm. marketing strategy to get people to come in and spend money, which is so far removed from the act of cooking, what you love, right. to, to an act of looking for financial return. That it was sort of my first yeah. response was, okay, to use this pain test, which is not the, I mean, it's not the first time we've heard this, right, from a tech startup 101. Right. I mean, um, mm-hmm. Khalid Smith has used the same phrase. But is the pain mm-hmm. test taking you in a direction away from authentic value and service to thinking about business in terms of revenue, which leads you in a completely different direction? No, and I think, I mean, I think that that's, I think that that's precise, I think that that sort of precisely gets to some of the, the struggles that I have, um, sort of deep, sort of philosophical struggles about whether what I do in, in hack education, if I can even sort of squeeze it into this model that others are using sort of think about creating an education startup. Um, even though, you know, you and I have talked before that there are certainly entrepreneurial aspects of what I do. You know, certainly, I mean, certainly that I am, you know, you know self-employed. This is the way, this is, you know, hack education is part of the way in which, you know, I, you know, I pay my bills. And yet answering these sorts of questions to me doesn't, doesn't seem to move, it doesn't seem to move things forward in a way that I'm necessarily comfortable with them going, and I don't feel that it's actually even, it feels as though it's sort of the wrong questions. Um, and so once you start answering the wrong questions, you know, you're, you're certainly solving for some, you're sort of solving a different, a different set of problems. Well, it's intriguing because if the pain test is, is sort of a common way of looking at the educational technology market, obviously brought from other entrepreneurial markets, yeah then it carries with right. it this value set that's more like the chain restaurant than it is like the small, authentic cuisine restaurant. Um, I want to present mm-hmm. a situation to you and, and, and ask you if the tables were turned. I'm, I'm hoping this will give you a chance to think about your situation. So uh, last night I interviewed Bob Glinner, who's a filmmaker, who made a movie called Community, Schools That Change Communities about place-based education, and it's brilliant. 
really fascinating look at a different way of, of sort of building curriculum in a school. Um, I had three people show up for the show. By the end of the show, there were maybe six or seven. But the day before, I'd done one on 21st century skills, and over 60 people showed up. And I felt terrible for Bob that I had got him out to, he had to actually went to a university in order to be able to do the thing and being, to have such a, a terribly small audience. But to me, it felt almost as though the more significant topic draws the lesser audience. And if I were to apply yeah. the pain test, I wouldn't be doing the interviews that I think are the most significant. I think that that's absolutely right. I mean, and I think that this is, you know, I think of, um, I think of the sort of the way in which, particularly around, you know, journalism, um, but certainly, you know, education technology journalism, the things, you know, the things that probably get the most page views, the things that most people click on, the stories that are likely to appear sort of retweeted on Twitter and posted to multiple Facebook pages and, and you know, and shared around the office, so to speak, are, are, are not necessarily the ones that are, I think, um, the, most, the most important. They do te they tend to be, I mean, what you just said, the sort of 21st century skill. Here's a list of 10, you know, the 10 21st century skill types of things. Here's um, that, that sort of, um, there's a certain superficiality, I think, that it comes back to the fear of missing out, too. That, um, that we seem to, that we seem to be cultivating with a lot of our social media and sharing practices. So, if you were to rewrite the Ed Startup 101 curriculum for Week Four, mm -hmm. what, what question would you ask instead of the pain test question? You know, I mean, I think that I think that part of the you know I think that part of the problem with thinking about it, framing it in terms of pain is that it is in terms of um, uh, fixing um, a broken thing. I mean, I think of this in sort of medical terms, right? You broke a bone, we're going to fix it. You, you know, you skinned your knee, we're going to put a Band-Aid on it. You're, you know, you're not, you have a fever, take an aspirin. And it doesn't seem to sort of get, as I said earlier, it doesn't seem to sort of get to some of the more the underlying sort of systemic things that might um, that might be that you might not you might not see if you're sort of just looking at it in terms of um, what you can easily identify as um, uh, the pain that you can cure. Um, so I think that I think that we need to I mean and I think that we do need to have a different sort of diagnostic tools as we talk about what's wrong. Um, so they don't think that sort of broken systems are sort of this sort of um, this way in which we can just sort of glance over things. I mean, I think that you know obsession with looking at test scores is a great example of this. Um, I think that we're sort of identifying if you just look at test scores as the problem, then the solution is sort of more test prep, um, more time spent spent studying for the teaching around and studying for the test. And that's, I think you're, then you're solving, you're solving that pain, right? But it's actually the wrong, it's actually the wrong thing altogether. I think you've done a brilliant job bringing in another analogy, right? So the food one works really well here. 
I think also medicine works well, right? So there are symptoms and there are mm-hmm. causes. So, it, right. so often, you know, pharmaceutical companies, so sort of the large money is around treating symptoms rather than helping exactly. educate on, on the causes. So there is this sort of interesting pushback here, right, that uh, educational companies that don't have a component of helping to educate the users, you know, then end up being yeah. a financial company. So, so to what degree is it, is it legitimate to say, okay, if you're an educational company, part of your mission ought to and should be educating about what you're doing, knowing that the moment you say that, people will say, well, you're not going to get funding for that. Well, this is so interesting. This is actually something I didn't write about this week. I ended up um, tweeting about it, was that there is a certain um, test prep startup that seems to consistently get stories written about it, even though there's really sort of, frankly, there's really nothing interesting about it. It's really sort of the old um, sort of Princeton Review or Kaplan Review book that you would get to study for your SAT exam, but now it's on the iPad. And so the multiple choice tests, instead of you filling them out um, with a pencil as you practice your vocabulary, now you touch the screen on your iPad. But they have a great PR team, and every time they release a new app or that there's some modicum of difference, all of the tests, but all of the technology companies write about them. And I tweeted, I tweeted saying, like, why are, why are you covering this story? Like, it's not interesting. It's not, it's not interesting technology. It's not interesting content. For crying out loud, it's test prep. Um, but I think that it, it certainly fits into the, you know, it, it, that company would fit very neatly into the pain test model. Um, and so I think that, I think that we get, you know, I think that when we're thinking about things in that way, we really then can't have a more nuanced conversation or a conversation that gets to the heart of some of these issues around, I mean, and you could very much, you could say too that, well, test, testing industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. That's a monetizable pain. You know, go for it. It's a great idea for a startup. And yet it's a terrible idea if you want to get to these root causes, I think, that are really um, uh, underlying the problems that we identify with, um, with the way in which teaching and learning and schooling and systems happen. I think this is a moment of clarity. In the same way that your Audrey <laughs> test post you know, sort of brought, brought mm-hmm. clarity to a moment, I think this pain test post is a moment of clarity, that, that this is yeah. really the driving kind of mindset behind a lot of the tech startups. It's the Silicon Valley venture capital. How, how are we going to succeed financially? And I think right. this conversation clarifies the downside to that mentality. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. Yeah, because I think, I mean, especially, when, especially I think, you know, next week when we're supposed to layer on top of this, this question of monetization, I think it becomes skewed even more. I mean, it's one thing to say, I mean, I think it's one thing to sort of identify pain in your life and that goes, move towards addressing that, um, sort of taking that out of, a, you know, the business prospect. But once you, once you do add in the, the, the money in the markets, I think that it's, it goes even further off. Or the okay, so um, you actually have made it to week five of Edge Startup 101. 
Yeah, I know. And I, I really felt, I really felt this week was, um, it's, it's become clearer and clearer sort of square peg round hole that, you know, part of the, part of the process of this, um, ed startup class is that you're supposed to be working on your own education startup. And, um, the more I sort of think through and write through, um, and sit through the class and listen to other people's ideas, the more I realize that what I'm doing it Hack education doesn't fit that mold. I mean, it doesn't fit the mold that the that the class is asking us to sort of go through as we think through um, the pain test, for example, or monetization, business cycles, product cycles, um, and that sort of thing. And so we'll see we'll see how much longer I manage to stay uh, stay interested in the class. <laughs> Well, we talked last week a lot about the difference between fast food or mass-produced food and the small restaurant. That's really stuck with me, and I love the comparison. Yeah, and I think that the post that I wrote was definitely a response. The post that I wrote was a response to our conversations, and really, I think, and and for a lot of other reasons, too, just thinking about what I do, my, my, my work, my voice, um it's it it's definitely it doesn't feel as though it's beholden to the same set of um or I don't want it to be beholden to the same set of sort of whether it's market forces or publishing industry forces or um technology industry forces um as some of these other as some of these other things seem to be that's not even doesn't even feel like the right question for me to be asking so i want to to actually do a little vocabulary here because mm-hmm. I think if we phrase this differently, it actually puts them in a different light and it's still very much a part of making a living. Right? Mm-hmm. But we used to say about a product or a service, what's the value proposition? But we now say, how are you going to monetize it? <laughs> and yeah. like, that's a very different, that the framing and the language say two very different things. Like when you have a value proposition, which is right. it's like the it's like the New Yorker, right? Mm-hmm. There's no pain point that requires people to go out and buy the New Yorker, but there's a value proposition, which is people like depth of thinking. Yeah. So I I think that the question itself places you in a position where you say, well, that's not really who I am, but you are providing a value. And value drives the market. No, I think, I mean, I think that that's true. I mean, and I think it's, it's a, it's interesting for me to be working through this class and thinking about the way in which the class itself is, I mean, it's not just my own struggles with framing hack education this way, but it's the way in which I think the class itself and the larger conversations and narratives about education startups are framing, like, or are framing things in a certain way that's going to have certain projects move forward um, because they fit into they fit the model of a monetization they fit they fit the monetization thing easily um, and I think it's harder for people to um, partially because conversations as you say have switched away from value to value offered to making money but I think it's harder to fit um, harder to fit into this model, at least some of these other projects that may indeed be 
ones that get to the core of other, um, you know, get to the core of problems in education in ways that offering a new app, building a new app, um, just never, ever, ever will. I think we're on to something. And I think that the pain test is a very different framing than the value proposition. Yeah. And I think that, you know, those of us who care should be supporting individuals and organizations that are providing value. Uh, and because we we will buy based on value, I don't, I don't go into the store based on pain most of the time. Um, I usually go <laughs> knowing that I'm going to trade uh, for something I value. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to write next write um, my own set of questions for next week's assignment. <laughs> Send this to David Wiley. Okay. Potential for it going further off track is certainly certainly greater.